0: Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Your source for college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide.
1: Corporation of here today with, uh, man, it's nice to have you here, Josh Cripps. We talk about legends and, and guys that get north, kick returners. Just, uh, it, It's a pleasure to have you here. We're talking about the December 18th football combine. We're doing a mass um, Just a little background. What are you doing these days? He's not talking well, about football all the time.
2: Right. I have uh, been fortunate enough to be the spokesperson for YMCA of Greater Cleveland, so it's about makes up about 15 YMCA locations. I'm a spokesperson for BMW in Cleveland, I make up about four to five dealerships in the Cleveland area. I'm in school right now. getting my MBA. I saw that. And, right. um, yeah, I'm keeping it moving. I'm staying
1: busy. Cool, cool. And, you know, when we reached out and, and connected about doing this camp, one of the things that excited me about working with you is that you're different than a lot of the NFL guys. There's a lot of guys out there that have their brand and their their agent and their management. And when I, when I talked to your team, they said, hey, he wants to work right. this camp. Can you, can you tell me why you have that in you still, you know, you're retired, you're still still in shape? Right, definitely. Uh, well, I feel uh, the reason why I stay in shape is I kind
2: of made a bet with a lot of guys that I played with. They uh, felt like once I stopped playing, uh, I would be, you know, bloated. I would become this big oversized athlete that yeah. you couldn't recognize. And another aspect of it is just um, any day now. You know, I'd, I'd rather, you know, be prepared for an opportunity and yeah. not have one than have an opportunity and not be prepared. So I, I stayed ready. And that's what happened the last two years. Um, in week seven, the Jets called, How soon can you be in shape? I'm like, oh, I'm man, ready. I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. Uh, week 12 last year, the Colts called, How soon can you be in shape? I'm like, Give me two weeks. They said, No, we play, we play Patriots now. We, we <laughs> hit you yeah. now. So I was ready to go. So um, even though I'm on the uh, down end of my career, I might be retiring really soon. I've been out of football.
1: Um, I'm staying ready just in case. It's hard to take the football out of me. That's awesome. Now let's talk about one of the top kick returns. It's undisputable. I know you had a path that wasn't easy. And what I think is, is funny about it when I deal with kids in the recruiting process, they always say that guy, the Chris Spielmans, the the Don Beebe's back in the day, the undersized guy, the underdog always makes it. And what the reality is, is that every guy has a hard path. Right. It's not easy when you get to that level. So you know hats off to you the way you played. you played physical no fear and I know your body you pay the, t- the yes. toll for it but today we're here at uh, talk about legendary things Mapleside Farms I actually worked here when I was a kid in high school friends of mine run it now took it over Greg and Kelly Clement Jason Zach. they do a great job and LeBron's here mm. the, uh, Joe Hayden's been here yes really good community family environment um, great place to do events Weddings, anything you got going on? I was a lot just about on.
2: to ask you about that. It looks like someone can have a wedding. Yeah, here. you can
1: have a wedding. They do. Um, <laughs> they just built a new barn. It's different than when I was here, totally different. Really community driven. Um, everybody gets together. And I think it's crucial in today's environment, especially We, we said we're not going to talk politics, but community is going to be everything right now. And getting everybody together and to bring LeBron James, his foundation, the kids. And it was great to see it. Yes. Great people. Check it out at uh, mapleside.com had to give them their plug, you know, they, they, oh, let, me, definitely. they let me hang out, to, it's let a let yeah, it's beautiful. So, um, December 18th, you know the way we're structured Athletic Scholarship Corporation. You've been through the recruiting process, we'll talk about it in a minute. We're totally different how we handle it. We do a lot of marketing for each individual athlete, text messaging, a lot of mm. pushes of, of film and information, transcripts, the whole package goes out for each kid before they even show up for our camp. So, we're trying to get them... The exposure, and, and that's what a lot of kids don't understand, they think it's just another camp, you know, let me go get my Nike rating, and then, okay, you got a rating, you're not marketing yourself, what are you doing to get your name out? So let's talk about, um, back when you were recruited, Was
2: it was it easy? definitely was not easy. Uh, it was, you know, compared to what it is now, it was Stone Age. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with the advancement of technology and social media and, and all the just the advancement and, and being able to get yourself marketed, mm-hmm. uh, it was Stone Age. Um, when I was coming out, it was VHS tapes yeah, and trying to put your, your tapes together for to, 10 bucks from get a your guy. Name. Yeah. Right, from a guy or from an athletic director or somebody who was paid to, to stand in this top of the stands yep. and, a, and record a shaky video footage of you. <laughs> Uh, blurry at that, and you know, so and it was just difficult to transfer that and uh, to make a, a highlight tape. So it was almost as if the in the recruiting process, the the coaches from co- the college coaches had to be there to see you. They yeah. had to hear about your stats, yep. and then to come in person to see if it, if it, if it all is true. Right, and uh, that was the okay. difficult part because maybe when they came, you weren't playing as much, or you were playing a tougher team, or you were off. And that affected a guy's uh, potential uh, status to get a scholarship or not. So it was all, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. stat-driven. You know, highlights was very rarely the decision-maker because uh, in some schools, you're not, you know, the highlight tapes, you didn't have any. You didn't have the good enough footage or you were playing a sorry school or not a good enough school. So now with uh, information in camps like this and combines like this, colleges can you know, have a chance to, to see the pick of the litter, to see how good
1: of an athlete you truly are. I'm glad you made a point on that, because one of the things that we struggle with in, in brand and management and dealing with parents is we call it mascot chasing. Mm-hmm. They want to see coaches stacked on the sideline, and we get coaches there. The problem is you can't get them all there. Right. NCAA rules have certain restrictions, Definitely. travel periods. So we bring the show to them. We live stream it. we got mm-hmm. stations all over. Actually, our video guy here is heading it up for us, does a great job. And so the coaches can sit there on the surface on a, any device and watch each station, track also, the kid they got. So Also, one thing that I, I found
2: out was unique about this uh, combine was that, you know, coaches don't just, you know, uh, get it for themselves. They talk to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some de- willing and dealing among teams, especially when they're not in the same conference. So uh, other other college coaches who may be present, they talk to other co- coaches oh, as well, and it's a it's a well connected community of coaches when they're when they're uh, recruiting in the recruiting process, which parents may not know.
1: That's advice we give kids. It's like you always pick up the phone. The kids don't do it. Right. They want to text. You you have to respond. You have to say thank you. You got to embrace an opportunity because you only have one or two, maybe Definitely. zero. And most of these kids today, and, and you've been through it, are not. D1 material—they're under the radar. They're D2, D3, and AIA. What we're trying to do is get them to continue our education and not pay a high tab. Exactly. That's the goal. I don't care in the last 13 years if my kid that I work with their, their family or, or one of our offices goes to Oklahoma or John Carroll. We don't care. And that's what uh, you know a lot of parents uh,
2: don't don't understand, and the children don't understand as well that. Uh, that this this is a continued not just a continued education but free education, yeah, uh, and and a way to you know play the sport that you love. And so many careers come off this sport, yep. you know, broadcasting, you know, journalism. Everything comes off of this, and it begins and literally starts at the college level. And it's so many colleges out there, not just at the Division One level, 1,300. And you can be seen if you're good enough. You can still be seen and drafted yep. from these lower tier Division colleges. Mm-hmm. And a lot of parents and a lot of students don't realize that, so they need to take advantage of all the opportunities to
1: yeah. be seen, if, even if it's at a littler stage or like this camp, a bigger stage. Yeah, I and mean, it, it's great that you lead into this. Um, I always, I talk to my wife a lot about past, and we all had adversity in our life. And I think without football, I probably wouldn't be around. It's, mm. it, it definitely had an impact on my life. A lot of people that you don't see your teammates from high school for years, and then you look and you're like, I remember everything. Mm. Like, about a week ago, I was out at a cigar lounge, we are watching politics, and one of my old teammates walked in, and I hadn't seen him since high school, Mm. and he started talking, and I'm like, wow, I'm in the huddle again. It's like, it never missed a beat. What did football or athletics do for you as a young man?
2: I think uh, I was raised and born for the sport of football. Mm-hmm. Um sports in general, but football because mostly all my friends from past and now came from a sport. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you said a guy walked in a bar or a guy walked into a place that you were also at and instantly you like oh man we played together. Yep. And that's kind of how it is now and and now that I play NFL football I'm getting the friend or the cousin or the brother of an athlete who I who I played with years back. And they're telling me their progress and everything. So it's just the, the family, the network of friends that comes with playing football. And uh just for me, it just it gave me the strength to do anything. Like I said, I'm I'm taking my MBA right now. And I know it's hard, and I know the task is is very challenging going forward. But I've been through some hard, tough challenges. I could remember games that were tough, that were hard fought, that nobody could, you know, want to put themselves in. So I look at myself on the academic side and I said, if I can put myself through this, the heartache of playing football, rain, muddy, snow, blood, crying tears next to people and fighting next to guys, and it's a gladiator sport out there on the field that not everybody can do. And if I could do that, then you know, just studying and doing my schoolwork. It's not hard at all when I translate it, when I use that football strength or that football mentality to get something done off the field. So it's a sense of pride, and it gives me stability and uh, discipline going
1: through my daily life activities. So people watching this or listening even live are probably thinking, here's a guy that had a good career, wasn't drafted, earned his keep, made millions. Why are you going back to school? Well, I I have my eyes
2: on bigger things. Um, I'm always striving. So as a kid, I wanted to make it to the NFL. And for some people, it's like not ever a possibility. And for me to accomplish that, that was my goal that I set out for myself and I accomplished it. Not everybody accomplished their goal. Sometimes I tell kids now, reach for the highest goal. And when you're reaching for this goal that's so high, that's so uh, tabooed or thought not to reach, along the way while you're reaching this goal, you're going to find your niche in life. So all my friends, I had a group of friends that played football, and they all wanted to play NFL football, but it wasn't their purpose. Mm -hmm. One of them is a college coach right now in Willing, West Virginia. Uh, Another one is a police officer works for um, for, uh, uh, the FBI. Um, One of them is a personal trainer. So they all found their niche in reaching this high goal that's supposedly unattainable. They all found their personal niches in life in trying to reach this goal. Mm -hmm. So if you reach for your goals... You know, you'll find you'll find unintentionally what you're meant to do in life, and that and that's what I've done. And so I'm like, if I can do this, yeah. if I did all of this, I can take it a step further. So I'm gonna get my MBA, and I'm be looking at those CFO jobs, those CEO jobs,
1: yeah. and and again on a bigger and better scale. That's that's great because a lot of people kind of just I achieve the NFL. I'm going to sit back and right and, and the and the money is yes. Maybe, there's a lot of taxes, a lot of fees, right. there's a lot a lot, lot of vig that comes with that money. Yes, you know, so right. you got to keep grinding. And uh, you know, I, I'm excited to do the camp circuit. I know we're doing multiple ones and, and build a brand. I think it's going to be great. Yes. Help kids is is the main reason. Yes, we're doing this, but try to educate is even the high school coaches, you know, what do you, what do you think the high school coaches are capable of in recruiting? I know oh, they, you know, a lot of parents go, I'm going to let my coach deal with it. And it's like I, you know, when you're a newborn baby, you just don't hand it off. Exactly. It's your child, you have to be involved. And the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So right. you got to be that parent that is involved but not disrespectful. But these coaches are too busy. They're, you know, a teacher, they're uh, a husband or a wife, mm-hmm. they've got their own kids. And obviously, the, the top tier D167, 300 pound kid's gonna get found right. with the internet. Right. But what do you think the reality is, even with technology today, about building your brand? Or uh, how much effort do you think it really takes to? Well, as a parent, um, you should always have that you know,
2: uh, effort into research things, even research the coach. Research different teams, even in your conference. And then I'm talking about coaches. So when I was in high school, uh, my coach did a real good job. We had college uh, profile, college books, the pamphlets that the college would send out. We had them all laid out, all different colleges. And it would inspire us. Our college, our... um, Yeah, but you had to pick it up and read it. right? He didn't read it for you. But our high school coach also uh, made it available for us to go to the college games, the nearby college games. So I was in Washington, D.C. We went to the Merlin games a lot he had a relationship he built a relationship with Merlin University the Terps and it made it so that we could attend the football games not just the games but the practices as well Mm -hmm. so we we began to have a thirst to play college football Mm -hmm. and we saw guys like ourselves from the same background ourselves both white black and everything in every way and coming from different areas Mm -hmm. and we're looking at these college players and we're like oh man I could do that so it was that, that that coach that instilled these dreams in us. He let us see it on the, in the Panthers and the books. He let us go out there and, and, and enjoy a practice and a game, and we we saw that. So other high schools would bring their team, would bring their players, some of their players, their best players, to our coach to get recruited for for college because our coach was the, one of the coaches that was doing the right thing around our league. Right, uh, we would play out of out of town games as well to get scouted or to get looked at from. Different high school coaches and college coaches that happen to be there. So this is a thing. Um, parents have to do their research when um, when your education of your child, when the advancement of your child is at stake, go the extra mile. Yeah. You know, and as athletes, go the extra mile. You well, know my how parents is- go,
1: hey, I'm going to let my kid make the decision. Right. And it's like this is the worst time. Be involved. Be involved. And I try to connect our clients with kids that go to the school. So if I've got somebody that's got an offer by Toledo, I try to connect them with a past kid that played at Toledo that just got out to say, hey, there's a good and bad side of everything in life. Can you tell them the bad side? And, that's and I'm not beneficial. saying they're bad coaches, yes. bad people.
2: There's just things you got to be prepared yes, for. Yes, it's things you have to be prepared for and look out for and, and networking. Just like you said, it, networking is, is a, a great thing because people talk. And that's a great way to get your child uh, recognized. And, you know, if not just to be that support, just to be a support base for your child. Your child is already actively trying to get himself recruited, trying to call coaches, and, you know, be the support for him. Take him to where he has to go. Inquire, ask questions. Because these things will come up and it will save parents a hundred thousands yeah. of dollars. College,
1: yeah. my my education was a hundred thousand. And let's talk about that. You were found in a kind of an indirect way, right? Playing out of town. We talked yes. about it before we started here. Yes, definitely.
2: Um, I'm from Washington DC. We played at school up here called Saint Ignatius, yeah. and they were uh, ranked in the in the country. Yeah, well, the always time. are. Well, yes. Yeah, they are in, in the nineties and exactly. 2000s. So what happened? College coaches come to see them. Yeah, and in in turn they saw me. And I got recruited. Uh, they Actually, I practiced at Kent State facility, the Indian facility before the game. Yeah. And uh, they said, why well, this kid can throw? They saw me go through a whole practice. They came to my hotel room and offered me a full scholarship right there on the spot. And I was for preparation for a school up here that they were trying to recruit those players. And just because I was at that, that playing at that field at that time against a good team, they got I got recruited. And that can happen. So, you know, college coaches, the schedule, the level of com- difficulty who they play yeah, is important It's crucial. Well. It's crucial. They want to see you match up against better athletes, against better talent.
1: Yeah, so the moral story for the coaches that, that watch this or ADs is pick the tough schedule. Pick the
2: tough schedule because yeah. it's, it's for your kids. They'll yeah. benefit from it. Even if your school may not be up to par,
1: those certain athletes that you have will stand out. It's hard because, you know, as a high school coach and I coached, you, you want to win. And I actually took the path of I want to get them in college. Right. And I went back to my former school and coached and, and dealt with just different things outside of football. And I really realized that football is like the fifth thing in line. Mm-hmm. That these guys look at you as a mentor, a father figure, some of them don't have a father. And there's so many different things. And it was one of the most amazing feelings to be able to go back and say, you know, I'm giving back and it, what I took and I didn't get to play at the level you did. Right. Um, you know, I, I hired a marketing agency. I was undersized height-wise. I had to get the marketing done, and it really got me pushed into school and got my deal. And I think without that, I wouldn't have had it. And it was like you said. They had VHS decks, Jumper, and they ran a master, and yes. it was all day making copies, and then a bulky package. And I think the problem today with technology is college coaches and a lot of those Twitter accounts aren't even managed by the college coach. No, not at all. And kids think, I got Huddle, my video's online, I'm just going to tweet it out and be found. And what they don't realize is that this is a long-term, long burn marketing process. They got to measure your character. They got to measure, Everything. which in here, which yes. you can't see on tape. So they want to meet you, they want to talk to you, they want to have a couple years. I mean, your deal isn't normal where they right. just find you and say, hey. And a lot of things
2: what the players don't understand is you know, coming from high school, it's just like the NFL. These players are looked at as assets and that's why they want to know your personality. They want to know, are you going to survive four years? Are you going to be able to give that university Four years of hard-earned time. Are you coachable? Because what you, what are you, the way you're playing now is not no, what they want to see. They want to see what you can be. They yeah. they want to see that potential come to, to fruition. So you know they they look at all that and that's, that's finding your personality, your habits, your discipline, your
1: makeup. Who are you going to be when they when they recruit you? Social media is killing deals. Yes, kids are doing the same stuff we did but we just did it on the back porch and, they and no one knew about them. it. right? And now they're on there thinking, I want to get the celebrity status. And and that's probably the biggest thing when I interviewed like Lee Evans and Josh Gaines and all, and, and all you guys, the mm-hmm. resonating message is, social media, you have to just be really like Tim Tebow. Yes. Love my family, love my spirituality, love my community. I, I got 25 reps for 225 that you got to talk about your brand and your tape and what you're doing positive. One negative thing, can get you off the board. And that's that's
2: important because uh, if you look at, you can tell a lot about a person from looking at his social media page. Mm-hmm. And um, even, even if you look at my Instagram page right now and you scroll all the way back, you can see my growth. You know, I, I necessarily do not put things on there that that's vulgar or against, uh, yeah. you know, what I believe in. But you can see my growth come from, you know, all about me, maybe about materialistic things when I first got in the NFL, maybe college, some materialistic things to my growth now, and that's what you know colleges are looking at. They're looking at, they're looking for young men who are on a path in right. their in their in their social media sites. Tell them their path. They, yeah. You can see the growth in them. You can see that they, hey, they value family. Hey, they got workout pictures on there. They got workout videos on there. They're all about this. And that's what social media helps. So it can help you mm-hmm. and it can hurt you yeah. at the same time. Because they don't want to see you partying every night at the club with
1: bottles. and Because they, they equate that with what you're going to do once you come to their university. So how did you, back in the day, and we both lived downtown and crossed paths in the past. How did you... I mean, Cleveland loves you, I mean, and you know that, and, and, and it's home, and, and I, you know, obviously looking at marketing collateral, and, and you, look, you look great in a suit, but you always got Cleveland Browns or Cleveland, Cleveland to the bone. Right. How did you fall in love with this city, and how did they give it back? Well, because the city represented
2: what I stood for as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, not being drafted, I wasn't entitled. I had to earn my keep, and you said it before, you know, I had to earn everything that I made. So the millions that I had, I made it. I earned it right then and there on the strength of my own two hands and my own two feet. So when you look at Cleveland as a whole, Cleveland is a blue collar city. Yeah. You know, people aren't just born into yeah. millionaires. Yeah. They're not born into and put in Cleveland and, and, and then they go to Hollywood. Yeah. No, they, they do it off the strength of their work, their sacrifice, their blood, sweat, and tears, and that's what I embodied when I played on the field, and I did it for the fans. You know, I I, I, I showed a fan could look at me and see his own life in their own workforce. So that's what I try to emulate, that that toughness on the field, that, that eth- work ethic, and, and in return, that's what the coaches want to see, that they want that in a player, a coach that's a player that's coachable a player that's going to embody the, the the involvement of the team the environment of the team the organization what they stand for and when players do that it makes them marketable people like them um i don't i make sure that it's genuinely what i want to do and what i want to show off that i'm not faking it and people can see the fakeness if you're trying to just fake it so um I'm, that's genuinely who i am and cleveland is a genuine blue collar city and uh it is, it, we,
1: you mesh well together. Oh, the, the business of football put probably put a scar on your heart. What was that day that you knew you were going to? Would you go to Oakland or was you it? In, Oakland, Indy was the last yeah. stop, right? Yeah. So, what was that day like when you you knew it's business, it's not right. personal, and you moved on? What, do you remember that day? Yeah,
2: I um, got a call from. Um, it was the head coach at the time was Chichensky. Yeah. and um, he had been our coach before, so we had a good relationship. And um, actually, we had our best season under him; we were ten and six. When yeah, was, and then they um, let him go. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, off camera. Yeah. But um, it, that was the you know a uh, call he received. He gave me before uh, you know the general managers called my agents and everything. He was right. like, yeah, you know, they're going to move in a different direction. Yeah, because the media will get it, right? You'll find out. So he did me a solid. He said, hey, they're going to move in a different direction, so go ahead and, and take the best deal that you can. Yeah. Because um, I know you still want to play football, if not here for Cleveland. And I did. I just had the desire to play football. And I knew that fans weren't going to understand that it's not me. I didn't I didn't leave Cleveland. You know, the organization moved on. Yeah. And it's business, and it happens. You know, so um, I, I had a surgery, a minor surgery on my knee to move some cartilage and um, went to Oakland, um, didn't do well um, with my surgery and end up um, getting released from Oakland, which was a heartbreaker for me. Never to have been released before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was an opportunity for me to rededicate myself and, and to find out what I'm all about, yeah. you know, and um, I fought back hard and, uh, you know, worked out for the Jets. And it's like, oh, man, we love to have you. So, and I continued my career at playing in New York. But it was hard leaving, you know, uh, the atmosphere of Cleveland and the, the, the toughness. You know, um, you know, we had one good one winning season with 10 and 6. But it, it was the fans that I love most playing for a city that, that cheered for me and the team win or lose. Yeah.
1: And let's go back to what I call that championship moment. moment. Back in high school... What was your like your defining moment where you really felt like, I'm going to go to the next level? And it probably wasn't the day you got the offer. What, do you remember? Uh, I, I definitely remember. Um, I was being molded into a
2: quarterback. And um, I, we played a school. was a good ra- rivalry to us. And um, then it was all about stats. It was my junior year. And I'm all about, you know, picking up those stats. And I remember by the third quarter, I had thrown for over 300 yards already. And my receivers were having an awesome day. And I threw a couple slip screens. I threw one slip screen on the... Uh, we were backed up. Picked up, up 80 the, yards on the... 98. We were oh, backed up on our own helps. two. And um, one of my receivers took a slip screen, you know, 98. And I thought it was going to be counted as a pass. I mean, as a run, but it was kind of as a pass and it made my, it boosted my stats. So by the third quarter, I already had 320 something yards, um, had threw four touchdowns. And it was just, my stats was looking good and I was being more comfortable as a quarterback. And uh, you know, it just, at that point, it kind of clicked. Like I'm ready for this. I was reading the defenses I was taking the coaching I was making the adjustments necessary mm-hmm. I was I was on the top of my game at that time and that's when I knew I can do this at the next level I can make it happen and and at that moment I pursued it not just on the field but off the field as well I made sure that my grades were in order I made sure that my extracurricular activities was in order that you know my my parents were in order they were ready for the, the change to go to college and and
1: and involved uh, in the process with with what is your maybe a defining moment that wasn't positive that you really your back's against the wall? We all had it. Do you have a moment that you just in high school like this is this is too too much right now? Right. So uh, in high school, my senior year, um, uh, the
2: end of my junior year, um, when I was doing good and I knew I was going to you know get recruited eventually, um, I got hit you know in in one of those games and I had a hairline fracture oh. in my ankle. And uh, it was the worst possible time because I was at, at the climax of my game. I took all the coaching necessary. I was on top. You know, yeah. They were all talking about me, the media, like, oh, he's going to make all met and he's going to do this and that. Yeah. And I break my ankle. And at that point, I was at an all-time low. I was thinking I wouldn't want to get recruited in college. I was thinking uh, about the process that it was going to take for me to come back from that. Um, it was. It was. I was out for four weeks And I came to the fifth game But I wasn't ready mm-hmm. um, It was a hairline fracture I had a cast on my leg And it, 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 it weighed on me It concerned me about my future I was worried about my future at that time And the battle that I had to go through mentally Every day To watch my team play without me Practice without me Was, was one that I, I didn't think I was going to overcome Right. But I overcame it It wasn't the end of the world I came back even stronger my senior year, I, 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 you know, even the end, of that, the end of the season. I came back even stronger. I picked up right where I left off. I made the, the accomplishments that I thought I was going to make. I made the All-Met, uh, Honorable Mention, All-American, all of You know, I made the accolades that I
1: was supposed to make, and I got recruited like I was supposed to get recruited. When you started getting notoriety, obviously at that time there was a lot of press and, and, and the Internet, did you find some people were talking behind your back? Um, I know you pick up a lot of friends, especially yes, now. When you're yes, successful, everybody wants to be around. Right. When you, when things are rough, everybody runs. Right. You know, it's like you flick the light on at a bad motel and the roaches run. Right. So what, looking back, I can recall there's a lot of people that talk. People don't like people right. succeeding. Right. I mean, that's a part of life. Yes. And do you remember dealing with that as a young man? Uh, not, as, not as much. But um, it, it
2: went on for... You know, quite a, you know, in some instances, um, guys would, uh you know, uh, say I would, you know, he's probably going to go to and name a, a college that's the lower tier college. That's not even on my ra- radar yeah. uh, to, to say, like, that's what my level is at, to like demean me or belittle me.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and, um, you know, like, oh, he's never going to be found or oh, he's never going to make it out. Oh, you ain't making it out of this city. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. A lot of people don't make it out of the city, you know. You'd be lucky if you make it to such and such and uh, those were the things that i would hear because a lot of people i hung around we all had the same goals we all had the same wishes we all looked at espn and, and uh you know every day and trying to mimic the college peter Wark and then back in the day with florida state and chris winky and and uh, trying to mimic nfl guys and mm-hmm. our whole makeup was nfl college that's was our whole makeup so we kind of didn't try to let anything come in between where we were headed in the path that we were on.
1: I always call these little nuggets and and we talk to kids you always when you do self-help or improvement or motivation and and I still do it now as you know a professional I I do a lot of studying a lot of reading and you always take a little fraction of something from everything that you touch right if you're only allowed to leave one little nugget behind and and talking to a kid what would be your 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 one piece of advice it okay. could be life it could be recruiting could be anything what would you say
2: my uh my nugget would be that football and school or sports and school go hand in hand uh, don't separate the two because they're going to work in tandem all the way throughout your life um when i see myself now have been able to to get a degree, to play college football, to make it to the NFL, still have this degree because the NFL is not forever. No sport it's is forever. For it's not. That's what the, the yeah, acronym. NFL not for long. Right. That if you have sports in school, that they go hand in hand. And once the NFL subsides, and you still want to do something, you have this degree right here that you can. You can. Uh, you know to into the workforce, still be a factor, uh, still be relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have a communications degree in interpersonal and public speaking, so I do a lot of corporate team building events and seminars. And uh, I'm on uh, Channel Three locally, uh, Sports Report. I do a lot of ESPN news, uh, you know, broadcasting in that manner. I'm using my degree after mm-hmm. playing football, so I'm using what I what I've gotten in in uh, you know in college. To, to still put money in my pockets.
1: Yeah, and how do you stay um, humble? You know, that's one of the characters. I've dealt with a lot of different guys and seen guys, and it's rare that you genuinely, mm-hmm. you know, see you at the, at, 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 in Strong'sville, I see you with the kids. I see you always just low-key laid back. Were you we always like that? Uh, I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's my makeup. It's how I was raised. Yeah. Um,
2: I think a good way to do that, um, my parents stayed on me. Uh, every step of the way, they're wanting uh, who I'm giving back to. So my whole NFL career, they're like, oh, well, wh- what you doing for community service this week? Wow. You know, Who are you giving stuff to this week? How are you giving away? Are you making a difference off the field? Yeah, yeah, I know, son, that you're, you're good. You're breaking records on the field. But who are you affecting off the field? Who are you speaking to? Are you speaking life into them? What are you saying? So because the football game gave me this stage, um, I have a platform that people listen to me when I talk so it now it's, it's come to a point where what will I say mm-hmm. what will I embed in them what will I give back my mom always tell me like don't forget where you came from and it's not don't forget D.C. the inner city or where you came it's from who you are your foundation don't, don't forget your foundation so you don't have to be in D.C. to give back to D.C. you don't have to be in a, a particular city so I where I am now that's why I give to I give to the kids i I get to where I was, everywhere I see fit. And, I, I, and this is why I didn't have my own foundation my whole NFL career. I've uh, just been piggybacking where I see guys doing a good job or good deed. I go where I'm needed mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't discriminate. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I try to embody the same atmosphere on mm-hmm. the field that I do off the field. You know, I'm, I'm that, that, that hard-nosed player on the field, you know, where, where I'm tough as nails, but I'm the same way off the field, but for people, serving people. And letting them see my me for
1: who I really am. I think, like you know, hindsight looking at LeBron right now and what he yes. does, I'm a huge fan of what yes. he does for society. I and mean, his it. story and his legacy is going to be different than basketball. Yes, I mean they were just here with the foundation, and just to see what he does in the community and kids to go to school. And I mean that's the impact. And I think, like you said, you mature and grow. And when he came back. A lot of people you talk to, they say, oh, his PR people wrote that article. I don't think so. I think he really looked at this and said, I've got to finish and close out here in Cleveland and that this is bigger than me. And to be the profile he is and not have any scars or issues other than the business of sports. He made a decision, he left, but he's never in trouble. He doesn't do anything. I mean that guy goes yeah, to china status. he can't do anything wrong exactly. you know and i've been fortunate enough to uh you know to
2: have met lebron in college when i was in college yeah. uh, when he was in akron you know he, he used to come to the kent state games yeah. and uh, i was fortunate enough to you know to hang, be able to hang out with him on a regular level when he was in cleveland during his rookie seasons and uh you know to see his progress you know to see how far he's has he has come you know and he used to be this, this, this this big talent who used to be quiet—he didn't like to, like to talk a lot, you know. He was just quiet, especially coming from from a high school to the NBA. You know, uh, he, he just wasn't used to that social skills. Yeah, usually, you know, people uh, in high school they talk to only who they know. You know, he wasn't yeah. this big personality. Where he's speaking to everybody, talking to everybody. You know, he was just quiet. Only spoke to you know who he knew. You know, only opened up to who he knew. And it's, it was just—it's just so great to see his progress to see even his progress in the community and how he's affecting the community, not just with uh, his foundation, but you know, uh, giving back, just giving straight dollars yeah. to, to, to communities, to people, to organizations, and showing up. Yeah. I've never met a professional athlete when I was a kid. So you got LeBron affecting a lot of kids' lives right now by just his presence. Right. I always say I, I, I don't like signing a football and signing a jersey that's going to go to somebody. I'd rather go there to let them see me, to physically see me in presence, to let them know I truly care. I don't, you know, I didn't just have to. You know, and there are some times I have to sign a football and, and you know, it's for an auction or something yeah, like yeah, that. Agencies, yeah. But I'd rather be present, you know, to let my, my presence be felt rather than a material thing. But I'm I'm glad to see his his, uh, his growth, I mean, it's just phenomenal and what he's done yeah. for the city of Cleveland. He's definitely an icon, and I can definitely foresee a statue of LeBron, you know, yeah. in, in the end of his days, you know, as a, in a career, you know what I'm saying, in his career and when he's older, that what he represents is a model that
1: kids need to follow. When he really started doing this, and a lot of people don't know that... ESPN, the decision, the airing, the marketing dollars, went to Boys and Girls Club, donated a ton of money. It was overshadowed. (laughs) Yeah, and and it was like, this guy put his his neck out and gave the money out. A lot of people don't want to talk about that. And then, while he's in Miami, is coming back and shipping money, buying bikes for all the kids in inner city Akron, getting computers for the schools. So, I watched that side of it, because that's the important part. So, when he came back, I was... It was kind of like, I don't care if we win. I want to see us win a championship. It was great. Right. It was a tearjerker. To watch. Mm-hmm. But even if he didn't win one, his legacy is just a yes. totally different level. I yes. mean, and and obviously, you're working on the same thing. And, you know, he's got the big basketball presence. You know, kick returners, mm-hmm. not the, the sexiest position. Right. right. <laughs> but you'd made it work. And yes. people just, they love you here. I'm excited to work with you because your folks and you were dedicated to work with the kids. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing because you have that influence. And it could be positive, it could be negative. Yours is positive. Johnny Manziel, unfortunately, was a negative in a different direction. So right. um, I look forward to working with you on it, definitely, and, and continue to grow with that with you and help these kids get placed. Now, the, the nugget for parents, and we're gonna be winding up here, what would be your little nugget that you give to parents about The business of college sports or this recruiting process there's a dark side to this yes it is and I know you were treated good we talked off camera and that Kent embraced you and and did everything they said they were going to do is it like that always you think it's definitely not like that always because when when players
2: don't pan out they kind of fall below the wayside and this is this is so not because the coach doesn't care but because the coach sometimes have a family of their own to feed, they have it's to put their job. Them, it's their job. They have to put the best out there on the field because if they don't win, just like the NFL, they'll get fired. They'll have to relocate. So it means a lot to them for your kid to succeed. But what happens when they don't? Now, this is the process where parents come in to to really vet the coaches. If your kid is good, you're vetting the coaches to see if something happens, that this coach truly cares about the the education of the kid, Mm -hmm. that the education will be taken care of, that they will do everything they can. And that's one thing that helped me at Kent State. My coaches, I didn't graduate right away. So I, I finished in 2005. I went to the NFL. I had three credits left. My college coaches stayed on me for three years. Called me not for tickets to the to the game. Wow. They called me to make me finish my degree. They said, hey, we owe it to your mom. We sat in the office with your mom and wow. you we told yeah, your mom that. we guaranteed to your mom that you were gonna get a degree and finish. You need to finish. They stayed on me every year. They said, ha, we love, we love the effort, the game, you yeah. had a great game. When you're coming back, to can't finish that degree, man. Yeah. You can do some stuff online, blah, blah, blah. And I finally did it because they stayed on me long enough. And mm-hmm. it wasn't that I, I, I was I was feeling like I needed a degree. It was the pressure they put on me, that the, the guarantee they made to my mom, and then the fact that I was doing public speaking events to kids and I was telling them to finish what they start. And I'd be remiss if I didn't finish what I'm starting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what the parents need to do. Vet these coaches to see if, if something happened and athletics is off the table, What they still care about it?
1: It's hard to measure that. And I still have to figure that out. They got to have discernment. A great recruiter is a great pitch man. Right. I mean, they'll come in your living room and have you drink it, and and you'll be there. And I remember the process and and when I was being recruited. And I was a high recruit at that time in in 92. you go out and it was red carpet. It was yes. cheerleaders. It was a show he like Johnny it, B Good. Yes, and yeah. then when you went yeah. and you actually went to practice, you went to school. Mm-hmm. It was totally different. It was totally different. Yeah. And, and it, I, I, you're I... a number. I, and I,
2: I just asked the parents to, you know, ask for recommendations. Do you have any players that don't long, no longer play that that you've helped or? <laughs> they don't ask. Know, that. ask they just ask are you offering me? That's all they ask. Them. Them. Exactly. And some of some of the parents, we you have to go the extra mile sometimes and. You know, to get be- be- beyond the hoop- hoopla of mm-hmm. uh, them wooing you to come yeah. to
1: their university. Yeah. But try to ask for recommendations. That's I really tell important. parents to. Find out the average GPA and and career placement because the reality is you're one play away from not playing exactly, and it's a dangerous sport, you know. Um, so you have to embrace that education, and that's what we're trying to do. And still, even at the combine, it's great we want to see guys come run four fours and four fives. And ironically, when they get there, they all run four sevens, four eights. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's an opportunity to market, showcase, and 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 I'm honored to be able to do this for the 13th year. And, And I'm honored to have you involved. I know that. The folks here at Mapleside have a little present for you on the way out. And they also they want you to sign. You're here. They want to do something really strange. I guess it's uh they want you to paint something. They got a big gym inside his house. And awesome. They, they love you, they're fans. Um, of course you know that. And again, I appreciate you you know coming by here and December eighteenth, we're gonna rock, and We're gonna have a DJ there, it's gonna be hype. Oh, I can't man, wait. I can't wait either. I, I can't either, man. Let's I appreciate it. it. Man. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the The Athletic Athletic Scholarship Scholarship Corporation Corporation radio network. Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide.